Welcome to Live, Laugh, Talk. I'm your host, James Graham, and it's a privilege to be in your ear. In this episode, we will begin with the topic entitled, Anxiety Symptoms, Causes, and How to Manage. Then we will transition to our segment, How Did We Get Here?, followed by our hobbies and special interest section, and then conclude with our sunflower message. Do you have something on your mind that you'd like to discuss? Or maybe an idea? Please let us know. You're encouraged to email us at admin at livelaughtalk.com. That's admin at livelaughtalk.com. In addition, if listening on Spotify, you can add a voice memo as well as comments and participate in our poll. Wherever it is that you listen to the podcast, please follow us so that you're notified of the new episodes when they're released and also give us a score. We keep note of that and we appreciate what you've done thus far. The topic that we will begin with is entitled Anxiety Symptoms, Causes, and How to Manage. Anxiety. Yes, it's a subject that we hear so much about today. Many people suffer with it. Many people don't even know what it is. And for those that don't know what it is, they actually could be suffering with it, but they just have no idea. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about anxiety symptoms. We're going to talk about the causes, and we're also going to talk about how we can manage. You see, symptoms of anxiety can vary widely among individuals. But some of the common symptoms that we're going to talk about are going to be these, starting with excessive worry. Yes, constant irrational worry about various aspects of life is definitely a symptom of anxiety. Restlessness, feeling on edge, being unable to relax, or having a sense of impeding danger. Another symptom could be irritability, feeling easily agitated or irritable, often with heightened sensitivity to stimuli. Some physical symptoms like muscle tension, trembling, sweating, nausea, and rapid heartbeat. Have you had any difficulties falling asleep? Maybe even staying asleep or experiencing restless, disturbed sleep and melatonin and other Natural things just don't help anymore. If you're finding yourself finding it hard to focus or experiencing your mind going blank, maybe you're fatigued, feeling consistently tired, even without physical exertion. Maybe you were home all day, but you feel tired. How about physical tension in the muscles? That often leads to headaches, body aches. 
Do you find yourself avoiding situations or places that trigger anxiety? Maybe you you used to be happy on the phone or checking your your voicemails or text messages, but now you just put the phone on do not disturb. Having any panic attacks? And, and what those are, in, in case you don't know, is sudden and intense episodes of fear, often accompanied by physical symptoms like chest pain, shortness of breath, or, or even dizziness. Stomach aches, diarrhea, and other digestive problems can also be related to anxiety. What about excessive self-consciousness? Worrying excessively about what others think or fearing embarrassment or humiliation? Many of us are perfectionists, and that's a problem. Because if we are, we set unrealistically high standards for ourselves. And then we can experience all of this anxiety when they're not met. Then there's social anxiety. Do you feel fear or discomfort in social situations? What about phobias? Intense, irrational fears of specific objects or situations. See, now those are some of our symptoms. And it's important to note that experiencing some anxiety in response to stress or challenging situations, now that's normal. However, when these symptoms become chronic, severe, or interfere with daily life altogether, it may indicate an anxiety disorder. And if we're having that, we're experiencing severe symptoms of what we just discussed, then it's time. For us to look at ourselves and make hard decisions. But now that we know the symptoms, we have to stop and think about, well, what could be causing it? See, we may find ourselves that two or three or maybe all 15 are us. But there could be a cause. And that is what we need to analyze today. What? could be the cause? Well, the number one cause could be genetics. Some of our families, family history, there's anxiety disorders all about, and that could increase your risk. You could also have imbalances in your neurotransmitters, like serotonin, that can contribute to high risk of anxiety. And that's what we're saying here is that's your brain chemistry. Nothing you can do about your brain or genetics. So some of these things, these causes, we can't necessarily avoid. But then there's other things. We could have personality traits such as we mentioned before, perfectionism or a tendency to be pessimistic that can also play a role. Past traumatic experiences. Or ongoing stress can trigger it. See, trauma in any form can cause this rapidly. And if we stay stressed, we have ongoing stress. Yes, that's an issue. And there could be some medical issues out there. 
like thyroid disorders or heart problems that can lead to anxiety symptoms. One thing that we can do something about is substance abuse. Drug or alcohol abuse can exacerbate anxiety or lead to anxiety disorders. That's dangerous. Chronic illness or chronic pain can increase these levels. Stressful, chaotic environments. If we live somewhere where it's just chaos all the time, uh, of course, that's going to be a high contributing factor. What about major life changes? Events like job loss that seem oh so common in our society today. Divorce, that's just as common. An unfortunate death of a loved one. These are major life changes that can trigger anxiety in our hearts and minds. Abnormalities in the brain structure or function can be a factor. There's CTE out there. And those of us who've played sports, well, some of these things can be a contributing factor. We may want to get ourselves looked at by a neurologist. Adverse childhood experiences or the history of abuse can increase vulnerability to anxiety. And I've met many individuals with these situations, whether that childhood experience was one with a parent, family member, or some other source, it has caused stress beyond measure in many people. Obsessive compulsive disorder or generalized anxiety disorder can lead to chronic anxiety. Many people suffer with OCD and didn't even know what OCD was a few years ago. But here it is. It's there in our face. So it's often a combination of these factors that can contribute. And it varies person to person. If you're struggling, it's time to stop and let's talk about it. And that's the very cause, the very reason for this podcast today. Because many of us have the symptoms. Many of us even have the causes. So if we haven't had the symptoms yet, those causes are going to bring it about. We've got to get that under control. Speaking of control, that's the third thing we're going to talk about today. Controlling anxiety. Now, that can be achieved through various strategies. Deep breathing is the first thing. Practice deep, slow breaths to calm your nervous system. Bring things down. Even make a count while breathing. Mindfulness and meditation can help us stay in the present moment and reduce racing thoughts. Exercise, regular physical activity can reduce anxiety by releasing endorphins. We want to eat a balanced diet. Limit caffeine sugar intake, as these aid to stress. And if you're those of us who seem to be like the rapper Nas, who says that sleep is the cousin of death, 
We hear that a lot. Oh, I'll, I'll get rest when I'm dead. No, we need rest now. We have to make sure that we get adequate sleep. What is that? Well, scientists tell us seven to nine hours of adequate sleep can keep our minds and bodies intact. Because lack of sleep does the opposite. Cognitive behavioral therapy is therapy to learn coping skills and challenge anxious thoughts. See, when the things come into our minds that makes us anxious, then this cognitive behavioral therapy will assist us in being able to carry on, to cope. One very important thing that we have to do to control is we have to identify and then reduce the sources of stress in our life. And that could be the hardest thing. And it could be hard because maybe what we identify, we don't want to give up. For instance, maybe the stressor in our life is our job. Some of us love our job, but it's stressful. And we don't want to give it up. What are we going to do? How am I going to eat? How am I going to survive? Those are the thoughts that come into our head. But for many of us, our job we may have been able to handle it five, ten years ago, but all of that added stress over the years have weakened our nervous system, and we just can't anymore. It could be relationships in our lives that's causing stress. And it's hard to let go of individuals, isn't it? Some people we just genuinely love, even though we know they are a cause of stress. So we have to limit those stressors. We got to identify what they are. And in doing this, another method of control is to get social support, maybe from our friends, our family, others who know us well. We can talk to them about our feelings. There's also journaling, keeping track of these Anxious thoughts and anxiety patterns can help us to identify when we get upset, what it was that got us there. We can start working on that, you see. Time management. Organize our tasks and set realistic goals so that we can reduce the feelings of being overwhelmed. And also, if we have time management, it reduces stress in so many other ways. Have you ever been late to an appointment? Something very important. Maybe you're late to work. Don't you feel that anxiety pouring down on you? Oh, I'm going to be late. People are going to be upset. I can't get my tasks done. See, that in itself can cause us to be stressed beyond measure. Another way of control. What about limiting news and social media? See, constant exposure to negative news or social media can contribute to anxiety. I've tried that in my life. I said, well, I don't want to be uninformed, but I've got to limit the amount of news 
that I watch. The amount of news that comes across my TV screen, my watch, my smartwatch, or the news that's on social media. I've got to cut back because these things stress me out. Because the world around us is a crazy place. And there's so many awful things going on. So I'll tell myself, I'm going to limit that. And I did. But you know what the problem is? I have friends. I have family. That then call me or text me or message me and say, hey, did you see what happened or so-and-so-and-so? Did you hear about the awful blah, blah, blah? And then I'm caught right back in that anxiety. What do we have to do there? Well, we've cut off ourselves from a huge source of that by not watching the news or by limiting social media. Now we have to inform those family members and friends, hey, I appreciate you bringing me up to speed and maybe you need to talk about it, but it stresses me out. I've got to limit myself to the amount of stressors I can take. And if they're a true friend, if they truly love you, they'll understand. They'll stop. Other things that we need to do. We need to also prioritize self-care. Take baths. Get your bath bomb. Sit in there. Relax. Grab a glass of wine. Light candles. Reading. Maybe spending time in nature, watching the birds can be a a huge source of relaxation. Progressive muscle relaxation techniques can relax different muscle groups and reduce physical tension associated with anxiety. You know what else helps? Pets. Therapists will tell you that our pets actually contribute to a longer, stress-free life. Because they love us no matter what. Those stressors where we've got to accomplish things for other people and we've got to get things done and everybody's got us on the schedule and all of that, not our pet. They just want to rub on the head. They just want to sit with us. They They just want us around. Positive affirmations, too, will challenge negative thoughts and boost self-esteem while reducing self-doubt. And if none of this is working, we're having a a time with all of it, then we may need to seek professional help, and there's just nothing wrong with it. If it interferes with our daily life, let's consult a therapist for guidance and potential treatment options. Also, there's support groups. Joining a support group will help to give us a sense of community so that we don't feel like we're all alone in this world, all alone with with our feelings. So we're going to go over once again how to control. We're going to summarize. We want to practice deep breathing and mindfulness. Regularly exercise and maintain a healthy diet. Get enough sleep. Manage stress. Consider therapy like CBT. Use relaxation techniques and seek social support. Journal. Manage time and limit exposures to stressors. 
engage in hobbies, self-care activities, as well as have our pets. Challenge negative thoughts with positive affirmations, and if need be, seek professional help when necessary. All of us need to remember that anxiety management is a personal journey. So we have to find what works best for us and continue that. And most importantly, people, we have to be patient with ourselves. Because this is not something that happens overnight. It takes time. And we may have to be realistic with friends, family, workmates, or whoever else in limiting those stressors. Because the most important thing that we have to remember is that we just have one life. And it's just one of us. And in living this life, we don't want to be zombies. We don't want to be just the walking dead. We want to get the most out of this life and enjoy every day. So if we're finding ourselves, even today, having symptoms that relate to anxiety, we want to look at those causes. We want to seek to gain control. And if it leads to to anything else that we can't do ourselves, we want to be sure to get our social network together and or seek professional help so that we can gain feet utmost out of life. Unfortunately, in our country, we have many people getting degrees, getting an education for all the wrong reasons. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, How does one get an education for the wrong reasons? Because if they get one, that's something that nobody can take away from them. So that's a wonderful thing. Well, where it goes bad is what we're seeing in society today. Article written just a while ago about doctors who went to school, they got their degree, They followed through with everything, but at no point in time did they ever want to be a doctor. And what's the result? Can you imagine having a surgeon that just really didn't want to be there, never wanted to do that? That's not the person you want operating on you that day, is it? And I experienced that in my own life. I was studying in the medical field. But then me, I realized really early that that's not for me. And I have some humorous stories about that, situations I was put into because I was in a health science and engineering magnet high school. And so I worked in a, in a hospital and I was in situations that let me know that the medical field is not for old James. And I didn't pursue that. But there are some that continue on in that education, continue to spend money, 
and do well while they're in school. But it's when they get into the real world that we see their performance suffer. Yes, all of that can and has had negative consequences, not just on the person, but also on those that they're serving. And let's talk about some of these wrong reasons why people pursue degrees. External pressure. Yes, when individuals feel pressured by family or society to pursue a certain degree, they may end up unhappy in their chosen field. And this is what we were talking about earlier. Unhappy doctors. There have been lawyers who have been absolutely horrible at their profession, have not followed through, have not been thorough, which caused negative consequences for their clients, all because of family member pressure or society or whatever it is that happened in their lives that made them feel that a a degree in that area is what was needed caused hardship for not only them, but as we mentioned before, those they had to serve. Other negative consequences can lead to dissatisfaction if the the field doesn't align with one's interests or values. They can just find themselves dissatisfied, unhappy. Seeking a degree primarily for the prestige associated with it can leave individuals unfulfilled if they're not genuinely passionate about the subject. If they try to impress others, this can lead to misguided thoughts and also lead to regret. And going to college without a clear career goal or academic interest can result in wasted time and resources. Some people pursue additional degrees as a way to delay entering the workforce or taking on what they call adult responsibilities. It's important to choose a degree and a career path that aligns with your passions, interests, and long-term goals. Making decisions based on your own values and aspirations is more likely to lead to a fulfilling and successful career. But if you find yourself pursuing a degree for the wrong reasons, it's never too late to reassess your goals and make changes. Make changes that better align with your true passions and ambitions. Other things, other potential consequences of pursuing degrees for the wrong reasons can be burnout. If you're in a field that doesn't genuinely interest you, you may become burned out from the demands of coursework of your job. We talked earlier about happiness and fulfillment. Well, if you're there all for external reasons, you're not going to get that out of your career. You're not going to get that out of your education. And no one needs to be in a job that can last years, decades, or to the end of life 
doing something they're unhappy with or just because mama or daddy wanted them to do. Student debt can be there as well and could dishearten one who didn't want to be in the profession to begin with. See, to avoid these consequences, it's essential for us to take time for self-reflection. We want to explore our interests. We want to seek guidance from mentors or career counselors when making educational and career decisions. And remember that it's never too late to pivot toward a path that aligns better with your true passions and values. But choosing to pursue a degree for the wrong reason, such as external pressure, financial gain, prestige, all of that can lead to dissatisfaction, burnout, financial strain, wasted time, career misalignment, and regret. Not only regret by you, but regret by the person that hired you. And if all of this has happened to us, if we found ourselves going down that wrong path, we have to stop and we have to ask ourselves, how did we get here? For our hobbies and special interest section, we're going to talk about becoming a digital artist, even if you can't draw. You see, creativity comes in many forms, and anyone can be creative regardless of their skill level. One of the most freeing and accessible creative hobbies is digital art. You don't even need to know how to draw to create beautiful works of art. All you need is a willingness to experiment and explore. There's plenty of free programs and online tutorials that help you get started. And once you start creating, you'll find that you may have a hidden talent for the art. But you won't know till you try. And we're going to talk about a few ways to become a digital artist from scratch. Now, we're going to use our, our minds for a moment. Now, maybe you have in mind just creating something beautiful, just anything that comes to mind. Well, mandalas can be created without any drawing skills at all. You can even do it with your eyes closed and still have a terrific result. It's an entirely free hobby. You don't even need a tablet or an Apple pencil. You can use your phone, and your favorite finger, on apps like iOrnament. Or you can just go into your app store and look at mandalas. Mandalas, I'm sorry. Mandalas. And from there, you will find there's plenty to do. There's plenty of beautiful artwork that you can create and save without even knowing how to draw. In addition to that, you can create portraits with the help of technology today. You can either use one of the many apps to transform a photo or even make it yourself by 
pencil-like technique. Doesn't require any drawing skills, but can still look amazing. There are certain apps out there that you can go to in your portrait app where you can extend art of pictures that already exist. You can take a picture of yourself and turn it into anime. All you need to do is just pick up that tablet and pick up that pencil or even use your finger to do so. And there's AI generators. Like last week, we talked about AI, artificial intelligence. Well, you can use certain apps like Night Cafe, and you can describe in several words what you want to create, and it'll make it for you. One of them even recently won an art competition. So you can do that yourself. Then there's apps like Lightroom, where you can take a photo. Many of us use our, our phones for photos more than we do calling anybody. And there's some filters that you've probably made, that, that you've probably used, I should say, that make your pictures look beautiful. Well, you can go even further by creating your own filters with apps like Lightroom. And you can use them just to make your photos look like a collection. You can share them. You can uh, send them with to friends. And you can also create these filters and not only send the pictures to your friends, but also the filter that you created. You can create digital collages. Last week, we talked about scrapbooking. Well, you could do the same with a digital collage. If you like playing with your photos, you can make this your trend, your solid art trend. Mix and match your own photos or images from the internet and create your own unique art. I've seen some of them that were actually like a scrapbook. Maybe it was an anniversary or some other event, family reunion, and they took all of these different pictures, put them together in, in these beautiful collages, and it, it was just, just awesome to the eye. And there's so many collage apps out there that you can sit and take time and venture with and find the one that's just perfect for you. And if you actually can draw, or you, maybe you're starting, you can make digital sketches and just dive into the art. It doesn't require a lot of time. You can start with simple sketches in five minutes. Maybe you can start drawing a mug or some other thing that you can draw easily. And an app like Procreate will help you to do that by doing your digital sketching through their app. And also, another uh, thing that digital, I mean, Procreate can do is help you to create abstract art. If you don't want to get into all those lines, shapes, you can use Procreate to create digital watercolors or maybe digital oil art. You don't have to go to an art store anymore and buy all these oils and bring it home and all of that, spend lots of money. No, you can spend very little money or close to no money and take all of your creativity home, mix your colors right there on your screen, and express yourself with, without drawing something specific. And sometimes, especially in my opinion, abstract art looks even more impressive than traditional painting. I have many abstract art in my house. So I've begun with this. I've begun trying it out, 
It was suggested by a fan of ours. Went online, got those apps that they told me to get. And I tell you, it's a lot of fun. And of the ones that we mentioned out of the, uh, the, the, the seven, the uh, drawing of mandalas, the digital portraits, the AI generator, the Lightroom filters, the digital collages, the digital sketching, the abstract art, I found creating my own filter to be a whole lot of fun because I like to take pictures of cars. And with those filters, it's specific to cars to give them a shine that maybe that car didn't have. But in my artistic vision, I can see it looking like wet paint. And I've also fallen in love with creating abstract art. So check out some of these apps that we mentioned. This Eye Ornament. Also, we mentioned Night Cafe, Lightroom, and Procreate. And doing these, you'll find a whole lot of fun. And you'll find yourself the next Van Gogh by just using your finger. Well, our sunflower message is going to be taken from a text message that I received. This is from one of our fans, but also a personal friend. And I just thought that this would be absolutely perfect not just for me, but for you, the listening audience. The words chosen were beautiful, and I want you to apply them to yourself. She said, every day you are building momentum. You will attract what you're looking for. Focus on the process. This is your work. Have you celebrated your win? Big or small, just showing up is a win. Give yourself some grace for any lack. Praise yourself for every win thus far. God gave you a gift, a purpose for your life. Focus on loving yourself and being proud of yourself. Only learning from setbacks and no self-judgment. Adjust and reset. You cannot fail. I'm proud of That comes from Justine. And I know that she is out listening to that right now. And I want you to know how much that meant to me. But most importantly, how much it means to our listening audience. Because everyone out there that's listening to that needs that type of affirmation. And we thank you for giving it to us. You truly are sunflower. On Cash App at dollar sign live laugh talk, we appreciate donations that come in. We've gotten donations from some of our listeners out there, including Owen, who is, I know he's listening right now. <laughs> we appreciate the donations as well. We also, and, and I only mention the ones that want their names mentioned, are those who, who say no, we won't embarrass them. Also on Twitter, at Live Laugh Talker. You can donate there. You can also donate on Spotify by pressing the donation symbol, which is a dollar sign. We need it. We appreciate it. And uh, it helps us with the increase in fees with some of our broadcast companies. And it's uh, amazing that 
you guys seem to donate at the right time and we uh, need even more. So please continue to send it in. Uh, don't stop now. <laughs> also, remember to rate us a five on your podcast platform and tell your friends, family, colleagues about us. Don't forget to get your swag, Etsy.com. How did we get here? It's the search on Etsy.com. How did we get here? And get some of the beautiful shirts, tote bags, coffee mugs, and there's more coming. This is James and George's baby boy signing off. And as you know, I can't wait to talk with you again soon.